0: I want to do you a favor, and hopefully you can pass this favor on to your Christian friends who have embraced the man-made doctrine of once saved, always saved, the end result of the five-point Calvinistic uh, views. It, uh, the Reformers errantly interpreted some passage from the apostolic record as supporting this. Uh, just to let you know, for starters, when Jesus speaks of God electing and choosing some of them as we read in the four gospel he is typically and almost always in fact it may be always speaking of his apostles when he when he prays the intercessory prayer and he says god you've given father you've given me them he's talking about his apostles and i'll never lose any of them that you've given me he's talking about his apostles okay generally speaking secondly When Paul speaks of God electing and choosing people and having them do God's will, he is contextually speaking of God choosing and electing people from the nation of Israel, the Jews. As a nation, typically, sometimes as individuals, to do his bidding, to do things, and that they were called to do these things uh, on behalf of God, for God to set up his victory over the whole world. And it's not speaking of individuals that God elects, chooses, and once he does that, they're always saved. That's a big lie. It's really a dangerous lie. It's a pernicious lie in the face of the rest of Scripture. Then we also take passages from Scripture that were written to them then, meaning to the pure holy bride that had to be for Jesus to come back and rescue from that great and dreadful day. And we have to admit that there are always, always conditions on them being saved in Scripture. Always. All you got to do is read Revelation chapter two and three. Jesus comes, visits the seven churches of Asia Minor. He says, if you don't shape up, if you don't do this, if you don't fix that, if you don't do this, I'm not going to save you. I'm not going to come and collect you. You're not going to be part of mine. So there are plenty of passages, Hebrews 8, Hebrews 10, 1 Peter, that talk about, look at you're worse off if you embrace this faith and then turn from it showing that you can turn from it. The the parable of abiding in the vine teaches that you can be in Christ, bringing forth fruit and be cut off if you stop. There are so many passages that talk about people who begin in the faith and walk from the faith. And these are not people who sort of wondered. They're people who believed. They're people who were, quote unquote, saved. Got all that? When we come to passages that are obviously and contextually speaking to individuals, the principles upon which people are saved to the kingdom of God, the idea of once they do that, they are forever saved is really, really a bad teaching. And let me explain that by consulting a couple passages in John 9:31, the man born blind but healed by Jesus on the Sabbath day is being questioned. And the man born blind says, we know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. The Greek there relative to the line, and does his will, any, the, the man born blind says, anyone who uh, does the will of God in the Greek, do you know what it is? It is in the present active subjunctive of poeo. And what it means is if anyone continues in or keeps on doing his will. Okay? There's no promise of God's interaction or, or, or answers to somebody if they don't continue in. You see? Now someone who says once saved, always saved means you will continue in. And that's a a word game because the scripture seems to describe many people who put their hand to the plow but turn back. Can some believe and then not continue to do his will? Read the parable of the sower. What does it say? Seed was cast and with great joy they received it. But, the cares and riches of the world, you know, wouldn't allow them to take deep deep root or, or I mean, choke them out or, or uh, that the word uh, didn't allow them to take deep root. You know, we receive the seed joyously and then we continue in his word and we are his disciples indeed and we come to know the truth and the truth will set us free. Most of the people In the parable of the sower, in the examples that are given, three out of the four soil types don't bear fruit. Don't bear fruit. That's the point of it. Only the fourth soil where the word is cast bears the fruit. Remember what Jesus said in John 15 about the branches that sprung from him, have taken growth from him. They're abiding in him by belief, are they not? They are. But he said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. You stop believing, you're going to be detached. He says, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides, abides in me and I in him. He is it that bears much fruit and apart from me, you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, you don't stay in the faith, you don't continue to look to him and believe, he is cast forth as a branch and withers. Meaning the branch was once alive. It was full of the the juices of Jesus to produce. It was once alive, but it's cast forth and withers. That means it shrinks back from where it grew to in Christ. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. That's an allusion to the coming day when all those who said, Jesus, Jesus, Lord, Lord, would be tested. If a branch that has abided in Jesus can be cut cut off, cast forth, and burned in the fire, I suggest that anyone who claims Jesus and walks away and withers to, will meet the same result, not meanly, but figuratively. And then there is even better scriptural evidence for this. It's something that I have referred to a lot lately because it's so revelatory to me. And you turn to John 8, Jesus is teaching the Jews around him and most of them rejected him. But at verse 30, it says, uh, and many believed on him. And many believed on him. And Jesus turns around and he says, like we hear evangelicals saying at their concerts and their and their grand uh, spiritual events that they hold in their tents and their come forward and be saved, meaning Jesus says to the many that believed on him, you've been saved. We have had 123 salvation stories today. That plays right into this, say Jesus and be saved and it's done. Right? And so Jesus, he recognizes that and he says, you're all saved. Yes, we've won some, like our evangelical friends say. That's not what Jesus says to these people who believed on him, is it? No, he says uh, to those Jews who believed on him, if, if you continue in my word, That means to be discipled and to be trained and taught by the word through the spirit. If you continue in my teachings, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So belief is just the entrance level. It's just the beginning. And then you continue in his word, which is why I am so angry at churches that don't teach his word to people who have believed. Because all they're doing is equipping them to be taken over by the world, to be cut off as a branch, and to wither, never producing the fruit of love that God wants from those who first believe on his son. Once saved, always saved. It's a pernicious lie. It's a lie. It's not that you're earning your salvation uh, through the works you do. It simply means you're abiding in the vine. And you continue in his word and you truly prove you are his disciples indeed. And you come to know the truth and that truth sets you free from the confines and restrictions of our flesh. This religious false tenet from our reformed believing brothers and sisters of once saved, always saved. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Humbly go before your God diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of such. We love you. Have a great day.